Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to The Takeaway. It's Todd Zwillick with you today. After the terror attacks in Paris last November, and even before, some in Congress began calling for new laws that would allow the government to monitor encrypted mobile communications on phones and also on apps like WhatsApp and Telegram. Unnamed officials told The Washington Post that the terrorists in Paris used such apps to plan their attacks. And it's not the only attack where encrypted apps have been part of the picture. FBI Director James Comey has been warning Congress about the issue for months. The world has changed in the last two years. Decryption has moved from being something available to something that is the default. As James Comey testifying before Congress last July. Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance says it's also a problem for state and local law enforcement, not just for terror, but for more familiar crimes and not just apps, but the phones themselves, especially after Google and Apple began marketing locked and unbreakable phones last year. I sat down with Vance for the first of three conversations over the next few days here on The Takeaway on encryption, law enforcement and privacy. Up until September of last year, The unencrypted material on the cell phones could be searched, and that's exactly what we did. If a judge determined there was probable cause to search a phone, uh, we would get that warrant and an unlocking order, send that phone out to Apple. Apple would open the phone with its own digital uh, key, download the relevant material called for in the warrant, and send it back to us. But since they have changed their operating system, they have now engineered it so that they can no longer open their own devices. And the only person who can open that device is the owner of the device or someone else to whom the owner has shared the password. And so that's, that's the game changer. There are very real privacy concerns here as well. And I think that's part of the reason why you've been out in the media giving your opinion on this. You say you don't want a backdoor into these devices. And yet a backdoor is precisely what a lot of people have been calling for. George Pataki in a Republican debate called for precisely that. And certainly, even if it's for the greater good, in your opinion, weakening smartphone security seems to be exactly what you're calling for. Well, Todd, I first of all, I can't speak for what those running for president, how they characterize what they want. I don't want a backdoor. Uh, what I want to do is to have Apple uh, be able to maintain its in its own possession, in its own secure locations, a digital key to unlock its own devices. I don't want a key. I don't want the key escrowed with a third party. Uh, All I want Apple to do is when a judge has determined by looking at a criminal case that there's a need to get into this device uh, and issues an order, uh, that that order can be effectuated and the evidence, which by the way is evidence that we're trying to put together to deal with uh, the thousands and thousands of, uh, of state cases all around the country, that's the evidence we're trying to achieve. But here, Todd, where I come down on all this, if I may, is that I, you know, I may not be able to convince you that there is a compelling and absolute need for cell phones to be able to be opened upon execution of a warrant by a judge. But what I do think is important is that the decision to change the ground rules was made by Apple and Google independently with no notice to law enforcement that I'm aware of. And when they made that decision, they themselves have decided that they know where to draw the line between privacy and public safety. And they've drawn it where it also happens to fit their economic interests. What I'm saying is 
you know, like any organizations that mature, business organizations that become integral to the way we do business and live our lives in society. Telephone companies had to come to terms with the fact that they had to give law enforcement upon a warrant opportunity to intercept communications that were deemed to be uh, criminally related. Apple and Google are no longer teenagers in the business world of the Internet. They are the absolute dominating mature adults with 96.4% of the smartphone market. Given that it is a fact that people use smartphones for legitimate purposes and also a fact that they use it for illegitimate purposes, there has to be an examination of this issue by legislators so that the balance that is ultimately struck between privacy and public safety is one after informed consideration uh, and not, in my personal opinion, based upon the decision of, of two companies who are, who, who are obviously uh, concerned about their business interests and the decisions they make. James Comey has made the point before Congress uh, expressing his frustration about being blind when it comes to a lot of these devices and apps uh, that, that it's akin to a locked door the FBI, with the judge's permission, has the ability to look in locked doors to prevent crimes, and people want that. But if the lock happens to be made by Company X, I guess and for the purposes of this discussion, Apple, that they can't open it, and they're not allowed to open it just because the lock is made by a certain company, and that to him that makes no sense, and he says it shouldn't make sense to phone users either. Well, I, I, on that point, I agree with the director entirely. And we have to, in my opinion, separate the searches by federal agencies that are, have so upset people with the kinds of searches that I'm talking about. I'm talking not about bulk data collection. I'm not talking about scooping up the information of millions of people. To the contrary, every phone that we seek to open is done by an individual separate presentation of facts to a judge. It's very much retail law enforcement investigation. I think it's also important to understand that access to these digital devices is equally important in terms of potential exonerations uh, of individuals as it is to obtain convictions. Information on these smartphones can now contain a huge amount of data, as you know. And if we can't access the data in an investigation, let's say, to a homicide, we may be unable to access data which would demonstrate that the individual that we suspect uh, committed a crime did not, in fact. And there's a case in our office that really proved that point where a young assistant in our office picked up a case where the defendants had made an arrest in a homicide. But over the course of a weekend, that young assistant became concerned that the detectives had, in fact, arrested the wrong person. It was the assistant's ability through uh, digital uh, forensic examinations, not only of cell site analysis, but of the cell phones themselves, that ultimately enabled, over the course of three days, him to be able to determine that the man arrested was not guilty. Uh, they could identify subsequently the man who did it, who is now serving a substantial prison term for homicide in state prison. So access to these stored digital evidence in cell phones is not just important uh, for enforcement and conviction. It's equally important to make sure that we are only charging those people who, in fact, committed crimes. Law enforcement officials from the director of the FBI to district attorneys are warning that Apple and Google devices are locked, making them blind to crimes in progress and crimes that have been committed. Cyrus Vance Jr. is one of them. He's the Manhattan district attorney. Cyrus Vance, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show.